Going to ride 950 Lounge, part of now the Music Beats Cancer segment. Myself and backstage Ed holding it down um, for the team. Again, for those who are interested in being part of the battle against this ugly disease called cancer, go to www.musicbeatscancer.org and find out how you can get in the war and the battle on the right side to eradicate cancer. We have a special guest, a young man who's a fantastic R&B talent. He's so much more than that, but we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. He reigns from the, the house of D.I. Love or the, the, the areas of D.I. Love, part of Omega, sci-fi fraternity. Le- no, 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 oh, no, no. Let's start no. Oh, Alpha Phi. There we go. Let's do this again. Sorry. <laughs> Cut. Video about, video thing about editing, about recording. Okay. Five. Four. We're back on the Rod Nafi Lounge in the Music Beats Cancer segment. Again, if you're interested in, in getting part of the battle against cancer, go to www.musicbeatscancer.org and find out ways that you can go and fight against this ugly disease called cancer. It's me and backstage Ed holding it down for the 950 Lounge team. We have a special guest. He reigns from Jackson, Mississippi, home of the I Love Jackson State. He's also a part of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on B Sensation S Green. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. I'm doing really well. How is everybody else doing? We can't complain. Doing great. Doing great. We, we opened our eyes this morning, and that was a gift. And we now we can pivot and do what we got to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Same here. Same here. As I mentioned in the opening, you're from Jackson, Mississippi. And, you know, uh, being somebody from the North and having family in the South, the people at Jackson, over the last couple of years, and just in general in our history, it's so resilient. Um, been through a lot from ice storms and, and bad water and, and probably still going through some of the, you know, atrocities of, of institutional racism to this day. Um, talk about growing up in Jackson, Mississippi as a young black man and, and, and having a talent and, and trying to push that talent to the masses. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, first off, again, thank you for having me on on this on this platform and this show. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to this conversation. Um, but to the to the question that you've asked, um, yes, Jackson has gone through a lot of things. Um, you know, since the point when I was a, a young boy and and growing up as a man here, um, there have been a lot of trials and tribulations that we've gone through. I would say, growing up as um, a, a young African-American uh, male, 
Um, it has, it's really shown me different segments of what society really has to offer. Um, I can bring you all to a, uh, a very short uh, uh, period when I was working uh, as a teenager at a, a local video store. And uh, that was my first time kind of working around, um, I would say white people, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. people that weren't like me, you know, right. uh, cause I have been used to going to school with, you know, black, black people from kindergarten to, to, you know, my senior year in high school. Right. And um, I had worked in previous places, but that, at this previous, at this uh, uh, job, this part-time job, I was working with most white people. And, um, you know, when you ask for money, to get something, instead of putting it in your hand, put it on the counter. Mm. I remember the first time that happened because I was I was thinking like, wait, you know, when everybody else does it, they put it in their hand, you know, no problem. Fellow when team. I do it, yeah. they put it on the counter. So it was in that reality that I kind of learned, you know, some of the things that I would be attributed to um, when it came to the rest of my life as a black man. I mean, it's it's not going to be something where I'm seen as being the same, uh, but it was a reality check for me because prior to that point, you know, being around all black people growing up in a single parent home, uh, going to, you know, institutions where it was, you know, primarily just black people, mm -hmm. I didn't have to think about that. But it was at that moment that I realized that that was something that I would have to deal with for the rest of my life. Right. And from that point on. You know, there have been other, you know, things that have just kind of pivoted and kind of come up into my reality. Um, but I think just kind of going back to the question itself, um, I think growing up in the South as a black man, you really see things in a much different way. And right, you see right. it at a much younger age, uh, much more than than anybody else, I think. Um it's not all bad, but there are definitely some some experiences that you have that most people would not endure, you know, being pulled over and knowing which parts of the city you can go to at certain times of the day um, for fear of the police pulling you over for, you know, being profiled or something like that. Um, and then of course, not even just your own experiences, but of course, hearing from experiences from your family, from, you know, my grandfather, from my, you know, uh, my uncles and my aunts and everyone, we just all, were able to grow and learn from their experiences just in general. But it's it's definitely something that opens your eyes at a, at a young age, is, is what I probably can say to that. Did it, from a standpoint That's, of, I'm sorry, yeah. from a standpoint of obviously hearing the atrocities from a, a family perspective and then even experiencing so many subtleties yourself, did it drive you to, to, to push harder because sometimes, you know, uh, when it comes to situations of these sorts, it, it can go two ways. It can either say, you know what, I'm going to push so hard where they're going to have to put money in my hand, or it's going to be a deterrent and say, you know what, no matter what I do, I'm always going to be what they expect me to be or think of me in their eyes, and it doesn't matter what I do. What was you? I can almost guess, but I'm going to ask you the question anyway. But what was your what was your uh, your pivot when it came to dealing with these things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. So I, I I took the road of I am going to prove everybody wrong. Um, and I say that because, you know, I, I did come from a single parent home. My mom did a phenomenal job raising myself and my older sister. 
Uh, we both went to college. We both, you know, went to graduate school and all those things. Uh, but it was, you know, at that young age that I, you know, I, I knew that I was a smart kid. I was never going to, you know, dull my light for anybody else, you know, for fear of being seen as a nerd or anything else. I was like, no, no I'm smart. I'm not going to fall into this routine of, you know, being dumb or trying to be cool and be dumb. I'm not doing that. Um, but I, I, I had the mentality that I'm going to prove everybody wrong, that, you know, I'm going to be, you know, a success. I'm going to be seen as somebody who others can, you know, want to emulate and, and grow up to be because it was so much of that going on. And I just didn't want to be a part of that. Um, so I saw it as an opportunity to be different and to, you know, prove everybody wrong to say, no, I'm going to be a success. I'm going to make something out of myself. Yeah, so now when, um, with all the stuff that you was going through, a lot of that stuff, which is still sad to say, that is still even happening today. I mean, stuff that should have been back done with our grandparents or parents from back in those days, we still going through some of those adversities. How was it for you, like within your church and everything else within the community? Well, I think at that time when I was, you know, uh, a, a kid, a, a young teenager, I think we we were able to have a spiritual um, a spiritual connection with with God through our community, you know, through you know people who you know were instilling in us the right values. I think all of it played a, a hand in in you know the the, the development that I got, um, and also just in others as well. Um, but I, I would say most importantly. Um, the church wasn't was an important background. It's actually where I started uh, singing uh, in the church. But I would say more so than anything, uh, my mother just instilling in us to have a relationship with God and, uh, and to have it for ourselves, because that's what made me grow closer to him as I grew older. Um, it's just having a relationship with him at a younger age. Um, you have to kind of have that spiritual background here in the, in the South. It's, it's just it's everywhere. You know, my, my grandmother, my grandfather, they all just, you know, instilled in us to go to church and to, to, you know, go to Bible, Bible study. And we had vacation Bible school over the summer, you know, mm -hmm. all those things were huge, huge implica implications, excuse me, that we were going to establish a spiritual background with God. And I'm so glad and grateful that, you know, that did happen because uh, I don't know where I would be now if I didn't start at a young age and started to grow in my faith as a man now. So um, it has a, had a huge, huge uh, part and a, heart, a huge part to play in my development, for sure. No doubt about it. When we come back, S. Green, part of Music Beats Cancer Series, Nafi Lounge.
Guys, this is Cupcake Queen Raven, and you're listening to 950 Lounge. We're back on the ride, 950 Lounge, the Music Beats Cancer series. Again, we're talking to a core artist, S Green, part of the Music Beats Cancer series here with 950 Lounge. Again, go to www.musicbeatscancer.org to find out how you can get in the battle in the fight against cancer. So as now you're growing up, and then you just mentioned, like a lot of us, I, I sang in the choir too. I just didn't have a voice. I just started lip syncing more than singing. But... Once you start to go through the choir and you're going through school, when did the love of music start to play? I'm sure it's always been in being in a gospel household, but when did you say like, you know, S can actually carry a note and S can actually be the lead in the choir and S can actually, you know, take care to be the one in the gut in the in the um the offering singing the song while people dropping the money in the bucket. When did you know that 
This was something you could do. Um, well, I think I knew at an early age, probably about eight or nine years old, but it wasn't really until about 14 that I actually started to kind of put myself forward or, you know, even um, let people know that I could sing. Uh, my mom didn't, didn't even know, really. Um, I kept it from her for a while, but my love of music, it, it started at a very, very young age. I can remember, you know, uh, my mom dusting off LPs and playing records as we cleaned up the house on Saturday mornings. Love it. Um, you know, I was exposed to, I mean, great artists. Luther Vandross, we would listen to his albums. We would listen to, she loved the OJs. Mm. Um, we would listen to um, Smokey Robinson and, you know, just a host of just great, Make great you music. In your soul type music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so a lot of Motown, a lot of Motown. A lot of Motown, a lot of Motown. Um, yeah, a lot of Motown and just just good, genuine singing. I mean, I just I loved it just as much as she did and still have that passion and that that desire of it, you know, to this point. But it really wasn't until 14 that I started to kind of let people know that I could sing. It's actually the first time that I joined the high school choir was at the age of 14. One of my best friends, John, uh, was in the choir and um, he was like, hey, man, you know, I know you can sing. He knew I could sing. Mm -hmm. Why don't you, you know, audition for the, the high school choir? And so I went and um, I met the high school director, Miss uh, Ezell, um, after school one day. This was my ninth grade year in high school. And asked her, I was like, hey, you know, is it still too late to join the choir? And she was like, no, if you want, you can you can audition now. And I was like, OK, audition for the choir. She was like, wow, you sound great. Go to the counselor. Let's get you in the class. And so from that point on, it was like a game changer, you right. know, the the, the mm -hmm. ability to, you know, learn the crafts of music, uh, the ability to be a part of like special groups. We had different ministries, not ministries, it's just special groups, I should say, within <laughs> the uh, the choir. Right. And um, that gave me the exposure to sing in front of people. And mm -hmm. at that point, when I first started singing in front of people, we had a, a homecoming assembly. It's a group of guys. We sang um, Kenny Lattimore's For You. This was my 10th grade year. Uh -huh. Changed the trajectory of where I was going with music. When I felt that experience singing in front of people, I was like, okay, this is this is what I want to experience. So at that right. point, you knew that was going to be correct. That was it. That was it. So that was probably around 15, 16 years old. I think 15. Mm -hmm. But but it was at that point that I realized that that's something that I want to always do. And um, since that time, it's just been music, music, music. I can never shake it. Um, I can, you know, think of lyrics at this point to write and to to try to attach with music. Um, it's it's always been a part of me. It just didn't transpire until much later i think right so well, what did your what like what did your mom say when she first heard you sing she was so shocked she was like why how is it that we didn't know that you can sing and why didn't you ever tell me you know of all people that you <laughs> that you could um i was really kind of getting out of that shy shyness because i mean i was i was um i was a smart kid 
And, you know, th that's just who I was. But that side of, I don't know, I think I was just so shy that I just wasn't able to express it. But being in front of the choir is what gave me the confidence mm -hmm. to really propel myself and, and to move forward on the potential that I had. Um, so I'm truly, truly grateful that that gave me that um, that that boost to, to be where I am right now. And, yeah, and that was, you know, you know, talking about almost 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, I guess, at this point. Incredible, incredible journey. So you go through you start 10th grade, you go through quiet a whole bit and then obviously you go on to college. Where did you go to school at? So I went to Mississippi State University. Okay. It's uh, in Starkville, Mississippi. Stark Vegas. Stark Vegas, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know very well what you what you what you speak of. Stark mm -hmm. Vegas, yeah. So I was there, and um, I was involved in um, uh, a gospel choir there called Black Voices. Uh, it was a great, great way to you know continue doing what I had been doing uh, in high school, but it also gave me um, some exposure in other ways because I I sang at you know um, you know college assemblies, college. Uh, uh, benefits and events and banquets and all these other type of things. Um, and people, you know, kind of knew me as like, you know, the, the the guy who could sing on campus. You know, I was, right. you know, the alpha that could sing. So it was just all of these wonderful experiences that still allow for me to get exposure, but do it in a different place, in a different level. So how did you feel from going from Jackson, Mississippi, who, again, predominantly black, and then going to Starkville, which is predominantly white, and having this this soulful sound of music and being part of a legendary fraternity group. How did that dichotomy kind of switch and help S develop as the man you are today? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good question. So kind of going back to that uh, that part-time job that I had when you know they wouldn't put the, the money in my hand, it, it gave me the exposure to being around other people that are not like me. So when I went to Mississippi State, it was not necessarily a cultural shock because I had been kind of used to it at this point. So I was able to maneuver that. But really and truly, um, at that time, Mississippi State had about 16, 17,000 students. Out of those was probably about 3,500 Black individuals. So even in the midst of a majority white institution, you still had plenty of, 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 of Black uh, individuals that, you know, it really made you feel like you were in a very, very like- Had a tight-knit group, yeah. Yeah, a tight-knit group of, 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 of Black people that we would just would roll with. So I would say coupled with that, getting familiar with the campus, um, of course, get, be, being involved in, in African-American groups, all of that kind of plays a role to helping you keep your identity, but also keeping the things that I wanted to do musically because People still came out to the benefits. People still came out to all of the shows and the events. So it was never a time for me as a singer that I lost my focus about what I like to do, what I held dear to my heart to do. And I, I still was able to really just be me uh, through every experience that I did have. Um, you know, the fraternity, being involved in Greek life, being involved in, I was also the Black Student Alliance president. All of these things kind of gave me the exposure to still be me and still do what I've always done and for people to still, you know, flock to it because nothing really changed. It was just, the only thing that really changed was just the environment where I had been. Um, and not only that, but even people that weren't like me 
started to gravitate to it as well. So it was really a beautiful time to answer your question. It gave me exposure to all the all those things, but it also allowed for me to continue to stay true to who I am, who I was. Now, the, the thing I wanted to ask you um, for right now is that have you ever really had any vocal lessons itself to find your range and what and the way of how we knowing how to hold your breath and how to come from the diaphragm and everything else? Yeah, I have had a uh, formal training. Um, I, I received that um, probably in my 20s. I actually went through uh, vocal training uh, when I uh, was in college. That was something that I did. Um, while I was taking all of my other courses, I also took vocal, vocal lessons uh, uh, with my courses because I wanted to make sure that everything was staying tuned and, 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 and fine trade it so that I could continue to, to keep singing because that's it's always going to be a part of me. So yeah, um, I know very well about my diaphragm, how long I can take a breath, where I need to take a breath. You know, when you're a singer, and especially when you're singing live, you have to be able to know when to take that breath so that you can propel it, to move the mic back, to move it forward. All that was a part of my vocal lessons. And so I've, I've learned all those tricks and trades at this point. Uh, still learning, you know, some things that that, you know, are kind of like the new age way of of learning to sing or keeping keeping your ability to sing. So, yeah, I, I take that very seriously because I want to always be the best that I can be, especially vocally. So, yeah, I, I've done that and um, definitely continue to to learn new tricks and trades to keep it going. OK, because the reason I was just asking that, because I was listening to some of your videos and everything else, listening to your songs and it was like. I'm like, wow. I said, okay. I heard him sing Sam Cooke, and then I heard him sing Tevin Campbell. I heard him sing Mike, um, uh, what you call Brian McKnight. And yeah. I know they have different ranges. And I was like, saying, okay, what is his vocal range? Yeah, I just yeah, want to from question. that point because <laughs> it's funny because like you know, like Brian McKnight is a tenor, Sam Cooke is a baritone, and then you have um, what's it um, Tevin Campbell as a as another tenor, an alto tenor. So I was just like saying, where was his range? Because how you hit all that because <laughs> I'm a I'm into music, so that's all my stuff. So you know, I'm really into that stuff, and yeah. that's what I was like saying, "Wow!" And I said, "Because when I did hear you sing your song of um, there it goes, yeah. it reminded me of the tone of like how you was how you was belting out your vocal cords and everything else. Sound almost like a Sam Cook a Sam Cookish mm -hmm. thing." Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I said, this guy, I said, yeah, I can see the church coming out and I, and I hear all, <laughs> all this stuff inside there as well. Yeah. You know, I, that's a really good point that you bring up there. Um, I think I think I kind of base everything that I do just on my inspiration. So like the Sam Cooke and Brian McKnight and Tevin Campbell, amazing singers. So I, I pick and choose different avenues to go to to not just seem monotonous i want to be outside of the box so there are songs that you can just kind of keep it here but then there are some songs that you got to go here here and then eventually there um i think it's important to diversify how you vocally uh deliver just because you know you want to be seen as somebody who can do anything at any given time you know um so yeah i do try to um I don't even know how I can really explain my range. What I can say is that for the longest, I've been a second tenor. But mm -hmm. there there have been multiple times when I've been first tenor. So 
Nice. I, nice. I can I can flow generally between that baritone to first tenor um, vocally. So nice. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll keep this conversation going because obviously, after you progress through Starkville, probably some decisions to make when it comes to education and jobs and and pursuing your entertainment dreams. When we come back, S Green part of Music Beats Cancer series, Nafi Lounge.
What's up, y'all? This is Dion Richmond, and I'm rocking with the best team in Radio 950 Lounge. We're back on the ride, 950 Lounge, the Music Beats Cancer series. Myself, 950 Kev, backstage at Holding It Down. Our special guest, Mr. S. Green, um, Southern gentleman that he is. Um, again, for those who want to get involved in the fight to beat cancer, which I'm sure we've all had a situation, we've experienced a family member, a friend, or even ourselves have dealt with it, go to www.musicbeatscancer.org and find out how you can get in the fight and eradicate this ugly disease. And, and before we continue this conversation, S, I would love to know how you got involved with Music Beats Cancer and how this, as it is to me and Ed and our team, such a passionate fight. Oh, absolutely. It's it's a, a great organization that is doing some amazing work to eradicate cancer, as you've said. Um, I got involved with them through um, uh, Reverb Nation. So I, I'm, I'm a, 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 a artist on that, uh, that social platform, and they selected me to be a part of the, um, the, the campaign for, you know, raising money uh, behind their cause to, to eradicate cancer through music. And um, through that campaign, I was able to raise almost $7,000. And, um, you know, when I was just telling people about the importance of this, this, uh, this, 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 you know, uh, cause that they're, they're working so hard to eradicate, um, people just poured in. It was, it was just a beautiful thing to see people donate to such a worthy, worthy cause and um, I was just so grateful to to even have been a part of it, just because I know that it's going to a good place. I know that it's going for good efforts and good causes. Uh, I, of course, um, have uh, dealt with the loss of, of of losing loved ones through cancer and and friends through cancer. So I know how important it is uh, to to try to eradicate and help get rid of. And I hope that we're going to get there soon. I feel like what they're doing with this organization they're going to really push the envelope to get, get us there. But um, just such a, a great, great way to, to give to a, a worthy organization, trying to do some worthy causes here. And I, I'm really, really grateful and thankful to have um, connected with them and to continue to still do some work with them. Well said. It's something that obviously uh, we've linked with the, the some of the founders of the organization. And it's just once they brought it to our attention, we felt like we had to find a way to get involved and while maybe add no music i I have a 10 ear but nevertheless <laughs> the things we do best and in, in doing talking conversations is where we we fit in so obviously as you now you know you know again graduate from mississippi state and you get a degree um you know and, and again very intelligent guy high class what most people who want to you know pursue the arts. They go to Hollywood. They go to New York. They go some of these places. Your journey was a little different. Kind of explain that. Yeah, my journey was so different. I definitely wanted to um, get the degree. I wanted to get a degree because, you know, I just felt like I, I, I wanted to use all of my talents and all of my strengths. I, don't, I never want to just stay here. I always want to expound, expand, I should say, mm-hmm. expand on on where I am because I think you you just always need to do that. So I wanted to get that degree. And so after I got my bachelor's degree, I did try to pursue some different things. Um, and it's not that they just didn't work. I just don't think it was the timing for it. Mm-hmm. So at that point, um, I actually went back to school, got my master's degree, uh, became a residence director, 
great opportunity to get um, a master's. They they pay for it. You know, it was a it was a it was a no brainer. Nothing not wrong with that. Get a, yeah, <laughs> get free education. You can't beat that. Mm -hmm. So I got my uh, master's in counseling, and still was you know music hungry. Had been writing. Had been you know still recording some things, uh, getting demos established, things like that. Still performing in different areas. Um, but after I got my master's, um, I got my first full-time job and felt like I could maneuver getting a full-time job and still, you know, working on music, you know, doing some things at uh, nightclubs and things of that nature, which I did. Um, and I'd say probably about three years into that job, um, nothing really had still kind of panned out because I was right. still, still performing, still doing all these things, still working. Um, I was like, hey, well, you know, nothing's happened yet. I might as well go ahead and pursue my PhD because that's something that I want to do as well. Which you have control over. Yeah. Which I have control over. Exactly. Yeah. So still, you know, I worked. I, you know, worked on a, my PhD for about three years. Still was, you know, very much hungry towards the music. Um, still performed, still did all these things. I was still doing relevant music things, but it's just the timing, I guess, looking back right. on it, now that I'm talking to you all about it, the timing just was not the right time. Right. So 2015 rolls around, I get my PhD um, in um, college leadership because I've been working in higher education the mm -hmm. entire time. Uh, so I'm still working at institutions, you know, becoming an administrator, doing things in, you know, the college world that I love to do. It's not music, but right. I love to do it. Um, I eventually become a life coach. I got a certification in life coaching, which is what I do now. I'm primarily a life coach, executive life coach, where I help individuals accomplish their goals and businesses, kind of doing some professional development and conflict resolution, and leadership training, do all these beautiful things. It's not music, though. Right. So as I'm continuing what I'm doing, music is still around. I'm still getting great opportunities. But still, the timing just isn't what it's supposed to be. So now, at about 2020, right before the pandemic breaks away, or right when the pandemic breaks, people start listening to my older music. Yeah. More free time. More free time on their hands. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's a resurgence. I get this, this guy who, you know, works with independent artists, and he's like, man, have you ever thought about, you know, releasing some music again? Because... I'm listening to some of your older stuff. I think this would be a great time to, you know, reestablish yourself in the in the in the field. And I'm like, ah, well, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty good now. You know, I'm I'm still love music. I still sing. I, you know, I'm still a part of my choir. My church choir still leads songs. So I felt like I was still connected. Right. Maybe right. not as much as I once was, but you know, I was good with it. So um, after some prayer and just kind of thinking about, you know, how that would look again. I just started releasing some stuff. And so that brings us to the single that you all probably heard, There It Goes, yeah. and have a video for it. Um, there It Goes was a song that I wrote back in 2009 mm. and just decided to record and see how that would go, how that would fit. And the reaction that I got from it was just through the roof. Yeah. And I had I had individuals who were appreciating it on so many levels. One for the message, you know, the message of the song is, you know, really relatable because I think everybody at one point in time gets ghosted, which is pretty much the the emphasis of why I wrote the song. It was a song about me just kind of being ghosted. Right. Um, 
So I think people kind of gravitated to that. They gravitated to the 90s-ish, 90s-ish type of vibe that it gives, mixed with kind of the new age kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, the vocals, you know, people uh, can really relate to it. So it just kind of brought this resurgence to music, which of course led me to being here with you all uh, through Music Beats Cancer. Um, and it's it's just been a whirlwind. It's It's been... Uh, and it's been an experience that's really shown me that everything happens in God's time. Um, because a song that I wrote back in 2009 is, you know, bringing me this opportunity, you know, in 2023. Right. Uh, so, I mean, through that time, I went through a lot, you know, working and, and getting degrees and a lot of life experience because life always happens, you know, uh, through so many obstacles. But, um, you know, here I am, you know, being able to uh, tell my story about how I've um, managed to do things that I want to do professionally, but also doing something that I love still to this day, which is singing and writing music. So um, it's been a journey, but I I wouldn't trade it for anything else looking back on it, because I definitely feel like it was meant for me to experience all of that. Well, certainly somebody got it. I'm sorry. No, because it sounds like right now, because the way this listening to how you have your life, how everything went with your life, it went in like to helping people in so many different ways. But you being a life coach, you going to school, I mean, going to college and learning all your skills there to help other people. And then now you got your music that you wrote way back then, but now coming out now, showing how much you're still helping other people to learn and grow and just be able to deal with certain things. And that's a very good blessing right there. It, it is a good blessing. And it, it wasn't until you said that, that that just kind of gave me that epiphany. And you're exactly right. I, I never even looked at it like that. But, um, you know, a lot of people gravitate to help in any, in any kind of capacity. We all know how music can heal and, and help people through rough situations. And not only that, but just being in the helping profession as a life coach and getting my master's in counseling and you know, all these different um, jobs I've had in, in higher ed, it's all involved helping people, helping young minds, helping young people find their way and find their direction. But you're exactly right. I, I, I never even thought of it that way. Thank you for, for, for giving me that epiphany. I appreciate that. Ministry comes in multiple ways. It so. comes in multiple ways, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break on Keep This Day Movement, Nafi Lounge. Music beats cancer sex. Sugar boom boom. I'm chasing dragon. This dragon's got my hand. Sugar boom boom. I'll rob people, but I'm an honest man. Sugar boom boom. I'm chasing dragon. This dragon's got my hand. Sugar boom boom. I'll rob people, but I'm an honest man. Let me tell you straight up, homie, this story's not rehearsed. Done my share of drogas, but with this I'm feeling cursed. Done a little tempo, pay for my crime. Got out on healthy, now parole's going just fine. Smoke a little, yes, God, no more black sand. Gotta feed me, Ali, cause now I'm an honest man. Sugar boom boom, I'm chasing dragon, this dragon's got my hand. Sugar boom boom, I'll rob people, but I'm an honest man. Sugar boom boom, I'm chasing dragon, this dragon's got my hand. Sugar boom boom, I'll rob people, but I'm an honest man. 
honest man. Met a chick named Anna on my way to work one day. She had me hypnotized. I tried to pull away. Find little more than a black on black, even her eyes. Yeah, homie, she's a fine one, but the devil in disguise. Handed me a bendo, dropped the substance on some for y'all. She lit the flame as I inhaled the dragon, just a hook. Sugar boom boom. I'm chasing dragon, this dragon's got my hand. Sugar boom boom. I'm robbing people, but I'm an honest man. Sugar boom boom. I'm chasing dragon, this dragon's got my hand. It's three days later and I haven't been to work. She's left me stranded with cold chills and violent church. Thinking of a come up quick so I can feed my habit. I saw this guy at ATM, now it's time to chase that dragon. Ran up on this vato as he gets close to his car. I was in full stride when the cops rolled by. Hit this vato with my ball. Sugar boom boom. I'm chasing dragon. This dragon's got my hand. Sugar boom boom. I'm robbing people, but I'm an honest man. Sugar boom boom. I'm chasing dragon. This dragon's got my hand. Sugar boom boom. I'm robbing people, but I'm an honest man. Hey, we are the Dow Twins. And you're listening to the best team in radio, 950 Lounge. We're back on the ride, 950 Lounge, the Music Beats Cancer series. We're talking to S Green, R&B extraordinaire. Now he's going to be an R&B extraordinaire. He found the window. <laughs> Part of Music Beats Cancer, um, 950 Lounge talk series. Again, go to www.musicbeatscancer.org. Find out how you can get in the battle against cancer. Um, so now that you're, you're in it again, and you have so many other things going Talk about the balance, number one. And number two, what's the next step musically for you? Um, you know, the world is starting to, I, I'm not, I'm I'm still fearful and viably yeah. so, but the world's yeah. starting to open back up slowly but surely. Things are happening again and we're getting back to somewhat new normal. So when it comes to music and, and profession, how is the balance now for you to keep both things going at high tilt? It's, it is, it is rough. It is rough to do it because, you know, uh, when you have a full time job and you are managing the social media <laughs> stuff and, you know, having to go live and do things, it wears wears you out. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all for the good. Um, I do try to keep myself balanced. I have a to do list thing here right in front of me. I keep Smart it man. where I go. Uh, if I didn't, I don't know where I would be. I mean, I have it on my phone too, but still, it's just something about writing it. It's just worse. Um, but I try to keep myself on task and I really, really try to do my due diligence to keep everything together as much as I can. I would say by day, especially eight to five, you get Dr. Green. Five until that's S Green. You're going to get S Green all day. So I, I try to find some time to eat. Yes. Then I go yeah. from I yeah. go from Dr. Green to S. Green. Uh, so it's it's a it's a it's a rough balance, to be honest with you. I think any independent artist would say the same. Um, just because you're having to do things on your own. That's kind of the luxury of, of being signed. Not something I'm looking to do, of course. I, I would love to stay independent and stay uh, grounded to what I want to do. Uh, but you know, when you 
are working for yourself, you have to you have to show up. You have to perform for yourself. You have to be the everything for every part of this thing. I do have some some close friends that help out and kind of help me do some things that I can't do. Uh, but for the most part, it's me. The balance just takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of just organization and discipline yeah. and accountability um, because that's what really takes you to the next level. Staying consistent, can't, staying um, you know just accountable and disciplined takes you far. So I have to really, really practice that. And I say I say that to all my my students and clients. Say that to everybody. Like if you can do that, you can definitely take control and and move forward. So doing my very best to, to say that to myself too. Sometimes it's hard, but that's what I've been doing. Uh, and then just musically, I just want to continue to push out great music to to the masses. I have a new single out called "Speaking from My Heart." Um, and it's actually going to be the title for an EP that I'm going to release probably in the next few months or so. It'll be probably five to six songs that that I think would really speak from the heart. That's why that's going to be the title of it, because everything I do is coming from here. Everything, yeah. especially musically. I, I, I don't I don't live live well in the fads and the stuff that's just for now. I don't I don't do that way. And, you know, much respect to people who do. I just I, I can't live there. Yeah, I like stuff that's going to be long lasting, something that you can relate to music. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. That, so that's that's what I'm hoping to incorporate in this EP that I'll, I'll be releasing. Um, and I just I just really want for people to gravitate to the music, to get something from my music. Um, I would love to, you know, uh, go to different cities and perform and do things of that nature. Um, and, um, yeah, just make, continue to make good music, continue to write music. I love to write for other artists as well. Um, because it, I have so many, so many experiences that I can just kind of write from or things that I have written from that I, I would love to do it for others. Uh, but just really want to further expose myself as an artist and to let my music be heard, um, to, to the, the, the people who can gravitate it and can get it, you know? That's what that's what I'm hoping for. Well said. Well said. Um, with that being said, we got a, a few minutes left. Let's add. You got something you want to tap into? No, no, no. No, I mean, the only thing I was going to say is that you do make good capsule music, as we would call it, because <laughs> you said you wrote that one song. There it goes. 2009. And it's still relevant today. So, yeah, <laughs> that song reminded me of uh, when I yeah. heard that song, it immediately reminded me of Glenn Lewis. I don't know why. Ah, okay. I got Glenn Lewis vibes like, wow, you know, really smooth, night late 90s R&B with a twist of, you know, new age sounds and, and, and spears. But I, I mean, again, like I said, I immediately and we we do this a lot and, and we every all, all the artists are great. Um, but there's certainly that there's some that, you know, hit my sticky point. And yeah, that the one song definitely did that. So I'm excited. To hear more stuff from you. You just mentioned about traveling again. Is that something that's been on the put on the docket, or is that more of a long range reach right now? That's kind of a long range reach for me. Um, I have been invited to perform in some some um, areas, some spots. I think in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Atlanta. So I'll, I'll probably definitely you know uh, go there. Yeah. Uh, and 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 experience that because there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, before, we gotta get you to New York, man. Let, let, let's make it happen. Get I'm me putting to it on, New I'm York. putting it on the air to the masses. Let's make it happen. I, 
I will come to New York immediately. You just let me know. <laughs> I would love to come to New York. That would be dope. I would love that. Um, yeah, so I, I think before COVID kind of mm -hmm. hit, I was, I was performing and doing some stuff in Memphis and, you know, surrounding areas. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like you, you know, I, I'm kind of weary about how things are kind of opening up. Yeah. Um, I, that's actually why I haven't done as much because I'm still just kind of kind of feeling that part out. Give honestly. me three feet. Give me three feet. Yeah. yeah just, <laughs> uh, you know, not not with the being close to me. That, not, not really with that. But um, yeah, I, I would love to get back at it and do more. Um, you know, I think I think by the end of this year, we'll be at a better place. But I think before then, I, I'll definitely entertain other spaces. We'd love to go, you know, anywhere that people would appreciate just good music and, yeah, just have, have a good time. Fantastic. I got one last question for you. And this has been a great conversation. And um, again, uh, as a as a black man, as an African-American man and, and watching your pivots and movements and, and being able to say, hey, you can you don't have to just focus on one. You can do multiple things at the same time and be successful to everything. I salute you for that. Thank you. From a musical perspective, when you look at the you saying you close your eyes and maybe you dream about it or you have a conversation like this and think about where I want to take this thing. What's the three to five year goal? When you say, you know what, I I got this great situation, uh, I, you know, I'm professional, uh, you know, I'm a doctor, but this music thing is something that's obviously it's there, and 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 obviously with your spiritual background, it's there. It's it's hitting your ribs for a reason. When you think about that three to five year window, what is the goal and what's the aspiration to get to in that in that time period? So thank you for that question because that keeps me accountable for what I say here. And what I need to be doing. So that thank you for that. Yes, sir. Um, I definitely want to be at a place where everyone knows who I am. I'm not seeking the fame, you know, making money. I love making money. So that's that's great. That's that that part is good. I like I money, man. Yeah, we need it, right? <laughs> exactly. I don't need the I don't need the fame. I'm I'm, I'm not seeking the fame part. Of it. I just want to perform, make make the, the money that I'm due as an independent artist um, and affect some lives in a positive manner. Because what I really ideally see myself doing is of course, um, professing myself to be a singer, songwriter, but also I am a life coach. I am a person that would love to motivate other people to accomplish their dreams. So I wanna incorporate what I've been doing in my professional life with my musical dream, because I think that you can do more than one thing at once. Um, if that means, you know, creating different uh, uh, donations or creating different types of sponsorships, um, I, I would love to build a school mm. for young African-American males and in, equipping them with all of the things that I think are going to really push them to, to be the beacons of light for their communities. I would love to do that. I see this music avenue as being a platform that would allow for me to do that and to do it in a way that will fulfill not just the dreams that I wanted, but the dreams of others as well. So I really would love three to five years to be at a place where I'm, I'm bringing in these, these opportunities I'm able to give back, I'm able to sing, I'm able to perform, I'm able to motivate, I'm able to craft other people's dreams, you know, maybe write a couple of books while I'm at it. Um, but just doing things that's going to 
bring that change that I think is really important, especially as a black man, to see it done and to see it being done through other um, uh, black males that look just like me. Well said, well said. Well, thank you so much, Eskreen. This has been a fun conversation. Um, we're going we gonna to work on that New York thing. I got some other things we'll talk about offline. But again, where can people reach out to you, find more information, get the music? Thanks again. I can't stress that enough for this opportunity. Thanks again for it. Uh, but yes, uh, you can reach out to uh, sgreensoul.com. That's my website. And it will lead you to not only the music video to There It Goes, but also to my new single, Speaking From My Heart, which will be the title of the EP. Um, you can uh, also find on that same page all of the different uh, music platforms that my music is on, Apple Music, Tidal, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, it's everywhere. Um, but go to sgreensoul.com and it also can lead you to all of the social media platforms that I'm on, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, I'm everywhere. So if you go to sgreensoul.com, you'll find all of that information for me. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much for some time today. Continue blessings and success. And again, you are 950 favorite out the gate. We 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 can't we can't thank you enough. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break on keep this thing moving. Nafi Lounge, music beats Kansas.